You're listening to the Screaming Pods Network. We are the Sacred Collective. All are respected, all are heard, all are welcomed. Join us. Are we doing? Are we? Are yeah, we ready? Yeah. Yeah. Hot mic. Welcome to the Sacred Collective. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about um, the evolution of the concept of God for humanity, like on a large scale, and then also for us personally, how our evolution of our conception of God has evolved or perhaps even devolved. Hmm. But first we're going to do roll call. I'm Caleb. Brian. Kayleen. Joshua. Eric. And Amanda may or may not pop in. Yeah. She's with our daughter. The baby. So yeah, uh, I guess just as a jumping off point, um, I, I feel like this came to my mind because for me, I feel like my uh, perception of God has changed, maybe kind of almost paralleling the uh, what I perceive to be like the greater uh, conceptualization of God for like historically, I guess, just because this, this is how I would articulate it is it seems like humanity saw God as very almost like a simple uh, kind of vindictive, judgmental being uh, maybe a, an angry parent. Can I pause real judge? Quick? Yeah, sure. Please. Please. Yeah. Are you talking about um, Israelite? No, 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 no. Okay, you're talking that, about like, that's in the in the equation. You're yeah, talking about humanity in general. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, I you. want to clarify. No, you're talking that. about specifically like the Judeo-Christian mm-hmm. God, or just like humanity as right. a whole. So yeah, God. maybe even gods. Then. Yeah, because yeah, because okay. I when uh, Brian and I talked about this a little bit earlier, like we're talking even about like uh, like the Greek pantheon, mm-hmm. you know, and even like uh, avatars in Hinduism and, and things like that. Which, you know, we can obviously, we're going to we're gonna veer off topic, but just as a jumping off point. Yeah, I was thinking more just like kind of even maybe Native American conceptualizations of God and like, you know, God in uh, being forces of nature or being being the sun, being, you know, Ra, the sun god in, in Egyptian mythology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, being like a, a natural observable thing. Uh, but I, you know what, that's a good point though, Eric, is like maybe my, the way that I feel like my uh, maybe deconstruction or... Decon slash reconstruction of God does probably parallel more so the the Judeo Christian. Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, probably kind of a given for this group of yeah, people because sure. we all grew up in the Judeo Christian yeah, yeah. tradition. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was just mostly wanting for clarification because you've got such a broad range. Totally like big religion yeah. to small indigenous cultures for sure. Conception. So I just wanted to no, thank know you. Yeah, what and that, we're talking. and maybe maybe that's. Uh, I mean, that could be a whole they, That's a whole nother... Yeah, that would probably take a lot more research. Yeah, and, and so more let's do voices. a series. Yeah, that would take more... We would need to get more voices in here that weren't a bunch of white people who were raised Christian. You know, so... Bastards. You mean we don't know everything? <laughs> what? Wait a minute. Speak for yourself. I guess just as an intro, I'd say, like, for me, God used to be this definable, uh, angry Skyman and became more of a... An abstract loving force, and and now I still like the idea of God, but it's much much less literal than it ever was before. Uh, <laughs> what is, what? what is going on? You just hit noise. I don't know if the mics pick that up, but it sounds like. A... Are you getting the punishment? Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was the chorus. Sounds like a duck. <laughs> sounds like a, a duck fart. <laughs> I know, seriously. That's not what that sounds like. Oh. 
The barking dogs, that's what a fart sounds like. So, yeah, I guess that's, I don't know, sewer. What y'all think about that? Yeah, this is going to be great. Yeah. So, I don't know, that's, that's my setup. If anyone, I, I have other little things to interject, but I'm curious what, how y'all feel about that. No objections. No objections. No. Feel similarly, is that what you're saying? How about this? How about how is the how is the Judeo Christian? How do you think the the even just as presented in the Bible and then from the New Testament to modern Western Christianity? How is the conceptualization of God or the 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 mean or the median conceptualization of God uh, changed? That's a good place to start. That is a good place to start. I would say I think. Um, Look, let's start big, 30,000-foot, like, giant, broad brushstrokes. Okay. Real quick, and we can, like, kind of narrow it down. Um, big concepts. Old Testament, God is punitive and authoritarian. Uh-huh. New Testament, God is Jesus, and now Jesus is loving and forgiving and... Personable, in individual, like has become individualized, like mm. personal. Whereas before, God was maybe, um, like it didn't. It was more about like the community or the country or the nation's relationship to God rather than the individual's mm. relationship to God, mm-hmm. and like appeasing God with sacrifices and being punished for wrongdoings and like keep following rules. And so it was this punitive, vindictive. Um, authoritarian kind of like contractual thing and then Jesus kind of flipped it and is personable not personable personal Mm -hmm. individualized um, loving, forgiving kind of like kind of opposite in a lot of ways to the Old Testament God. So, and this, this again, is from the perspective of a white male living 22,000 years later. Mm. Um, so obviously it's conjectural to, to say what did a first century Jew think about God sure. or a first century BC Jew think about God. But mm-hmm. That'd be a good guest to have on. First century that Jewish would be, person. Yeah. yeah, get the DeLorean and we'll get on. Uh, yeah. So um, what you're saying is Jesus was a huge PR campaign for God? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was, yeah, it was I mean, like, kind like of. God sucks, and they're like, but then God's yeah. just like you. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. We're going to rebrand God. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's so much more relatable because he's a yeah. dude He now. needs to be rebranded. You know, like, it right. almost seems like that. You know, like, you've got this scary sky God who's, you know, vindictive, and then with all these rules and all this punitive dad, and you're like, oh, shit, how do, we, how do we turn this one around? Too many people are leaving the synagogues. Let's make him a dude. <laughs> you know? You can relate to that. Yeah. You know? And it's, you know, it's funny, like, I remember being in, like, in youth group at church, and, like, I think because it was, like, I was just so much in, like, the milieu of all of the religion and, like, the doctrine and the dogma and everything, like, it was just like, this is what it is, and just like, yes, 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 and, like, not being as critical of it, but it's like, I think a couple big things that are, that are hard to, um... hold in hold together are I mean like the Trinity. We're we 
quote unquote we as like Christians are monotheists. There's one God, but, but there's three. Right. three yeah, yeah, it's three gods, and it's like it's really hard. And then it's like God, God the Father is angry and needs to send all of humanity to hell. And then Jesus God is like, no, 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 Dad, kill me instead. And then it's like, you didn't question it. It was like, okay, that's just the story. Like that's Mm -hmm. that's the spirit just proceeds from the Father Mm -hmm. to the Son. The wording was so important. That's just so. It doesn't make sense. The Trinity. No, it's not. And so I think that's. Uh, am I going to jump the gun if I start straining into my own personal? No, okay, if that's where the, your train of thoughts is taken. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in thinking about this conversation, I was thinking more about just my personal evolution yeah. and the concept of God. So that's kind of where yeah. my head's been at. But I think <laughs> at a like, it's obviously super nuanced. It's going to be super nuanced for every individual. But at a big, at a high level. I would say the biggest change that I've had recently, over the last even just couple of years, is kind of this piece about not needing to have, like, an answer for, like, what do I think of God? Mm. And, like, because I think, I think it boils down to, if I was able to say, this is what God is, this is the definition, now I have the answer... That would be really depressing because I, as a person, mm-hmm. as a mortal human, mm-hmm. have, like, figured out God. Right. That would imply that I am somehow superior to God right. because I've been able to define and... and mm-hmm. yes. Is that a newer thing for you? Because I feel yeah, like... Yeah, that is a newer I feel like thing I've heard me. that in evangelicalism just growing up all the time. It's like, well, even even talking about the Trinity, it's like, well, you can't represent around the Trinity because then that would confine God. Like, you can't understand it because God is greater than your understanding. Yeah, but I mean, and maybe, like, from my... From my experience, it's always been, like, kind of this, like, we have to have the answer. We have to be certain. Mm. We have to have this, yeah, like, conviction. Yeah, we have to, like, know. Uh. We have to, like, be apologetics. Mm. We have to, or we have to be apologists. We have to be, like, go save the sinners and have all the answers for them to tell them, like, this is all the answer. We know everything. Because if you don't know everything, then you start a slippery slope doubting and questioning and now you're not a Christian now you're an atheist mm-hmm. and so it's like you have to be in this place where you have all the answers and yeah for me over the last few years getting to the point where it's like and that's kind of like always been in the background but just like really holding on to that as like if I even even if if I had felt like I could had a grasp on it that that like puts me and like the concept of God in like the same ballpark yeah, and that's like mm-hmm. if there's a, if there is if there's a I even hesitate to use the word being anymore. If there's a a source, force a source. So, if there's a, a ground up a thing entity. If there's an entity, if there's some theme that is kind of the explanation for everything, for you, the universe, for existence, for morality, for people, for everything. If I... I would be lucky to have, like, a fraction of a percent of understanding of it. Mm-hmm. If I can, like, mostly understand it, that's, like, kind of disheartening. Mm-hmm. And so... I think for me, it's like... It has resulted in this real peace of, like... I don't mm. have to know, and I kind of don't want to yeah. s- even ha- s- 
have that temptation to like think that I know. Mm-hmm. And it's like has really opened up like my ability to kind of like enjoy and appreciate a lot of different aspects of life and the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also has kind of like resulted in like trying to conceptualize it as like maybe giving more, um, being more forgiving and like less critical of like biblical authors. Because, like, these are, and kind of like, because it's kind of this mindset, like, these are people trying to make sense of their world, Mm -hmm. and this is how they're doing it. And it's like, yeah, that's, maybe on the right path, maybe they're inspired, but they've got all this baggage of their own culture, and they're inspired, and they're putting it in the terms of how they're trying to understand it. And it's like, it it makes it, for me, much more uh, malleable, which a lot of, Protestants are going to like cringe at that. Like, oh, you can just make it say whatever right. you want. But it's like, it makes it a lot more exciting, I think. Because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, here's people trying to make sense of their world and trying to like, they don't know either. And they're like doing their best to like put together kind of like this mythology. And I think we have a side tangent. I think we have a big problem with the word mythology mm-hmm. or the word myth. Because mm-hmm. A lot of our culture, myth means fake, fake yeah. a lie, <laughs> made up, made up, yeah. And like the real historical, like rich definition of mythology is something that's like even more true than yeah. literal truth. Mm-hmm. And so there's these people all for, for the last six thousand years have been like trying to add to and develop and. <clears throat> and curate this mythology that's like really powerful and really beautiful and really amazing and trying to make sense of their world and their experience and experience is so important and so it's like I think that's kind of where some of my evolution of the concept of God has come is like kind of broadening that and like giving room for it to be more and bigger because frankly that makes it more exciting and more appealing if it's not something that someone can say, I know all the answers, this and this and this, A, B, C, now that's God. Yeah. It's kind of creepy that Eric said that because that was exactly, not exactly, but kind of where the trajectory where I'm at as well, thinking about God is growing up evangelical where it, when you understood God, it was not distinct from the Trinity. It was God the Father, God the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, you know, like you were saying, Eric, like, God was angry, like this angry dad, and then there was Jesus that was like, no, dad, you know, don't do this, I, you know, kill me instead, and you were like, okay, that's weird, yeah. and then you had the Holy Spirit as, like, the intercessor <coughs> and the go-between, the and mediator. I, mediator, yeah, and I remember, I remember, Who totally always had the back seat, yeah, like, and I re- yeah. <laughs> it's like, the we can do that, like, it's like the red-headed stepchild, like, <laughs> why am I here? You are the weakest link, yeah. <laughs> And so I remember I was in college and I was said in a class, I was like, we have a schizophrenic God. And that was... Whoa! And, and that didn't go over well, No, did it, it didn't go over well at all at my Pentecostal school. And they were like, what? Like, every, literally everyone turned their, like... Yeah, they turned their necks and they were like, well, They were like, what do you mean by that? And I said, I don't mean it in a negative way, but I'm... I said, but when you understand God, or like Yahweh in the Old Testament, I said, if, the, if we're supposed to look at this in a Trinitarian way... I said, you have God in the Old Testament, like God the Father, like Yahweh, and he's angry, he's always going to war, 
you know, I said, look at what he's done through all these stories, you know, just like what was it in the book of Joshua or Judges where he totally demolishes a city with the Israelites and like the <laughs> the whole city's going through yeah. blood, you know, it's like they said it's up to like your ankles and blood, like everything was dead, like cattle and women and children, everyone. And then you see in the New Testament, he sends his son and there's Jesus on the scene and it's like he's a hippie. And it's like love and, you know, give this. And I mean, even as a kid, like as a teenager, I was reading this. I was like, what the hell? Like, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Like this God we see in the Old Testament and this Jesus in the New Testament. I'm like, they're, it's like they're different gods. Like, well, no, it's one and the same. And just like it doesn't take that deep of an intellectual person to be like, this doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Well, it's, it's funny, too. There's that impulse for evangelicals to make everything okay. So they like go back and they're like rewriting the Old Testament to be like, well, what God meant to do. Yeah, or, you, know, yeah. you know what I mean. Retcon, and, retcon. Right. And it's like I'm reading like this story is like anybody would read, you know, read it. I mean, at least like taking it like, okay, this is what happened. I don't think I'm reading anything into it. But then, of course, that didn't go over that well. And then when I just got older, like, do I like? I remember back then, and even when I started seminary. I was like, oh, being Trinitarian is really important. And now, as a 36-year-old post-seminary and doing all that stuff, kind of like kind of like what you were saying, Eric, like my view of, of God is so radically different. Like, for me to say as a finite human being to put, a, you know, a, a true statement on an infinite being, an infinite entity... Is just foolish. Mm-hmm. And I, I say that to, like, family or friends who are like, well, I know how God is. And I'm like, what? I'm like, how can you, as a finite human being, say you know what an infinite being is? I'm like, that's just, that. that is the epitome of being foolish and saying something foolish. Like, yeah. I'm going to put truth statements on something that I don't understand. And, I, and, and, like, the more I tell people, the more we talk about God and say we know about God, shows you how little we know about God. Yeah. And to me, so many people are deathly afraid of that, and I find beauty in it. Mm. I find, and, I, and I've said to Caleb, I've said to all of us here, I find beauty in the ambiguity of faith. I, you know, there's times where I think I was telling you, and, I, and Caleb, and I know I told Amanda, it's like, I don't pray that much anymore. And the reason I don't pray that much anymore is because when you really think about it, when you pray, you're praying for yourself, you're praying for your family, you're, you're just praying for personal things. And I'm not saying that's necessarily bad, but then when you really sit down and you're like, why am I praying? Does this really do a difference? Like, if I don't pray, is God going to do something? Is God not going to do something for me? You know, you when you kind of look at the whole, like, rat race of it, you're like, what is really the point of, mm-hmm. of praying? Like, does my God say... You can't get into my kingdom unless you pray this many times a day or you pray this prayer. And when you kind of start, like, deconstructing it, you're really like, does this God that I worship or I try to understand, does he, she, it ask me to do it? Or am I doing all this stuff because it's tradition, it's what my religion says? And, like, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with praying, but I don't think there's anything, you know, I'm not going to say not good with it, but it's like... I feel like if you're a Christian and you pray, great. Mm-hmm. If you don't pray, fine. I don't think God's going to bless you or not bless you any any which way. I would say my view of God is very ambiguous right now. Like, do I believe in God? Yeah, do I believe in God in a very Trinitarian way? 
the evangelical people might get mad at me, certain Protestants, and like to me, the Trinitarian understanding of God and Jesus never has made sense to me ever yeah. in my life. And but I, when I, I, my whole point where I'm at right now is I believe in the teachings of Jesus, and I try to live my life and mimic that, teach that to my kids and to people who listen. Other than that, like we're just grasping at straws to try to understand stuff that we have no idea yeah. of what it is. Josh, you should know this. Was it the Council of Nicaea that denounced the Arian heresy? Uh, yes, but I mean, that's yes, specifically they did. So, like, think of how different. So, the Arian heresy was that Jesus wasn't fully God. And it was, like, a widely held... Yeah, Jesus was human. Right. And that, that got... they Like, all these bishops got together, like, okay, we have to, like, come to a conclusion so everyone's on the same page. And they, like, denounced that heresy. Like, how differently would our views of everything be if that had gone a different way? And it was like, yeah, there's not a trinity, there's God, and there's Jesus who is a human who is, like, a human representation of God. Like, how different would our conceptions of everything be and it's like kind of crazy to think. I mean, that's a that's a whole other thing. Like, you get into all sorts of arguments. Yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. like, well, that's the only way. That's the only result that could have happened because that's what's true. Like, but whatever. But it's like, and it goes back to what I was saying. It's like I think it's people just doing their best to try to make sense of reality. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I was going to say is like, I think I do think there's a lot of value in tradition. Like you oh, brought yeah, up, like, is it? Pr- I would do pray because of tradition. Like that might not be like the best reason to keep pay- praying, but I think there's value in that, and it kind of like connects you with this whole like long lineage of of a community of a of a people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like for me, kind of my prayers lately, I've kind of like loosely taken the Lord's Prayer and sort of just, like, reworked it into, like, current vernacular Mm -hmm. and, like, turned it into sort of, like, a meditation. Because I think they're, like... Like, um... Meditation practices are something I've gotten really into in the last, like, year or so of just, like, like a really helpful way to, like, center myself and ground myself and just kind of, like... Like, a very, like, mental therapy kind of thing. And using the Lord's Prayer and just kind of like rewrite it in like how we would talk today is like using it as a way to like remember that I'm thankful that I've got food and a roof over my head. Right. And that's like really helps you put in a put you in a good mindset of like just like your emotions and like not worrying about too far in the future. Just like you know, I've got food. I know that I can eat tomorrow, and I'm thankful mm-hmm. for that. And I've got like my kids that I'm super thankful for Mm -hmm. and like I love them and it helped me remind me to like be patient with them and kind of like doing that as like a meditative practice because like sometimes you can like just like get into a routine and like so using the Lord's Prayer and kind of like making it fit my life and just using it as sort of meditation that's kind of like become what my quote unquote prayer Mm. time is and I don't want to say that I I don't I don't want to poo poo on like prayer I'm not saying prayer is bad yeah or because and I'm not saying saying anything negative on tradition but I do think at least for me I always felt growing up in the tradition the way I did is I had to pray like I had to pray like every day not like however many certain times a day but like if I didn't, you know, kind of like the whole the whole adage, you know, pray and read your Bible every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. 
the whole thing, like, it was always stuck in my head where I had to pray and read the Bible, even if it was a sentence or a passage or two, mm-hmm. and, and, like... Have your our, quiet time. Yeah, yeah. having yeah. your pride time, quiet With, time, and, you know, your prayer closet, whatever, creepy language. not to have quiet time with someone you're attracted to. Yes, <laughs> of course. You gotta have your quiet time, but don't, don't stumble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How did that initially but, come up? So yeah, so, I mean, oh, I guess that was somebody the, got pregnant. Yeah. Dirty culture, but we need to have an episode about dirty oh, culture. Oh my gosh, did we or we should? <laughs> we should. Yeah, we did. definitely. I think we, we did. We did. That was the it first was one we did in the crap shoot. It was like... Oh, that's wild. the one that was crazy. That we Let's redo it. That was, yeah, we should redo it. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I mean... See your perspective, it'll be good. Seeing, like, God coming through, like, the Old Testament to the New Testament to the church... Just seems like whatever entity that story was following was just just a a not very good being. Yeah, like and it an didn't plan very well and was like, ah oh, shit, and like I gotta fix this and I gotta fix that. I didn't even think about this. He doesn't seem omnipotent at all. It was part of my plan. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's, oh, yeah. Uh, okay, keep doing what I told you. He's, no, it's omnipotent. It's just like I knew it was gonna fuck up, but I was gonna do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. I was just well, that's the retcon version. That's the thing. It just, it just seems like they're like, "Well, I'll just create this thing; and it'll be fine." And they're yeah. like, "Oh shit, they're killing each other." You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, Do you know what I remember having? I remember having this thought as a kid, like wondering if. So, like, okay, God, Old Testament, then Jesus came, and he was the Messiah, and he like succeeded. And, like, defeated Satan and death, and, like, the, the veil got torn, and he rose again, and it was like, ta-da! Like, it worked. I remember thinking, like, are there other planets out in the universe that, like, God tried, and it, like, it failed, and so then he, like, just wiped it out? So, like, it was, like, there's another planet somewhere, and he just had a flood, and okay. didn't have a Noah, and just killed everyone, and then, like, created Earth, and, like... Or I mean, like yeah. is Earth or like two? two. Yeah, 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 is Earth not even take two? Is Earth like right. take the, take one hundred? Right, 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 yeah. There's I like finally got it there's right. like a hundred other planets out in like the universe. DC multiverse style. Oh, that's exactly where I went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I also are thinking like Supergirl right now. Yeah, right. I remember thinking like, is there is there like animal Jesuses? Is there like oh, a, right. is, there like a is there like a dog Jesus? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how are the dogs? How do all dogs go to heaven without a dog Jesus? I was thinking about the Lord's. This is just a little side, quick side tangent. I was trying to think what if the Lord's prayer was said. By a Jesus who who himself believed in the Trinity, it would be like myself who is in heaven. Hallowed be my name. My kingdom come. My will be done. Yeah, on earth as it is in heaven. Give me today my daily bread. <laughs> it's just like it's, it's like I don't think that that guy who was saying the Lord's well, prayer, and he wouldn't need to he ask for forgiveness for anything. Right. Well, he wasn't, I forgive he, myself. I yeah. I don't think he intended to become the, the big deity. That's what I'm saying. Like, at that's the time, like, that, that, yeah. I don't know if that was really the intention. Right. Did Jesus, this is the other thing that I thought about, we're getting, yeah. this is, like, tangential, yeah. but this is, I think this is valuable. I remember thinking this all the time as a kid, like, when did Jesus know that he was God? Because right. if he's fully God, yeah. was he, like, in, was, like, infant Jesus, like, <laughs> like, the fully God part of Jesus is like, well, I gotta wait for like three years now before I can like actually start talking to anyone, yeah. and then I've gotta like go here, and then like the human is Jesus is like ah! yeah. shit, right. piss all over the danger, yeah. like <laughs> goo goo god god, right? <laughs> and it's like, Ooh, did he yeah, no, like 
Was he yeah. like, oh, finally, I can say my first word because I'm now like my human right. part is catching up to my uh, god yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what? Mm-hmm. Like I remember. He's like, just sitting there like answering <laughs> prayers in the crib, but like can't say anything. <laughs> I'm the savior of the universe, but I can't really talk right now. Right. I just right. shit myself. <laughs> I'm in this like little. I'm in, I'm in a manger, and I can just. But he's omnipresent, so he's like also. Oh uh, right. He's also like in the cow that's looking at himself mm, in the that's manger. That's true. Yeah. He's enabling the cow to. Speak. That sounded like a very uh, pantheistic yeah. sentence that I just yeah, said there. Yeah, a little bit. That's okay. <laughs> or or you can say you're pan panantheistic. You know what panantheism is, don't you? Not pantheism, but panantheism. Now well, so pantheism really is like everything is a god. Mm. I know, like, but sort of, and around. panantheism is God is imbued in everything. Yes, yeah, correct. yeah. So you could go, you could look at it with panantheism. Which I, I think you would be. I'm gonna go out on here. I think you would be idiotic not to say that God is in everything. Given the pretense that there is a God, the, the, the God right. is omnipotent and omnipresent. Uh, God... So I'm trying to say you're panantheist. Okay, so like if you're an artist, so. if you're an artist and you create something, whether it's music, sculpture, a painting, clothing, whatever... Part of you is in Would it. you say that, you, that, that, that you're in that? Oh, would yeah, you say, absolutely. Right. Or if like you're a fan of a musician, it's like, oh, I love this music because you can really, just really feel that the artist is in this mm-hmm. music. Like, their of course you're going to say yeah. that. So, of course, why wouldn't you say that about God and creation? Right? You sound like a fucking hippie. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I actually said that one time in seminary. Uh, That's why you were so notorious. I know. Seminary. I was notorious. Like, was I was hated. Notorious. Uh, so were you, so you, Brian. Uh, no, but I remember saying it was actually to another staff member, and he just gave me like this evil look, and I said, yeah, I'm a panantheist. And I just read this phenomenal book from our library on panantheism. Um, and he was like, oh, are you sure you're a panantheist? And I said, I'm not a pantheist. I said, I'm a panantheist. And I said, when you look at God and when God created everything, I said, when God created, if you look, go back to the Genesis story and God created, you know, light and dark, he created all the animals, you know, all that stuff. And I said, when God created that and called it good, I said, God isn't everything. Like you're saying, Eric, when like an artist says something like, or creates something, whether it's music or a painting or a sculpture, he or she is in that. And we would be dumb to say that they're not. And just to say the same thing of like, I remember saying one time to my parents, I said, when you look at a tree, God's in that tree. And they're like, what? Are you trying to worship God as a tree? And I said, no. <laughs> the whole point is, if if God created everything and God has all that creation, and I said, and God created it in God's image, I said, God created that tree in God's image. God created the grass in its image. And I said, and I'm not worshiping it. I'm just saying I understand the beauty and the awesomeness of it. And I said, that is, to me, panantheistic, where... You, you see God in all things, not God is in all things, but God's essence, reflection, right. reflection is in that. And I would say even His that's how it's kind of evolved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how, to me, another way of God is in things. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that I really love about St. Francis, is, is he was so, so adamant about, like, that not only is God's, like is God imbued in everything, but he talked about, like, 
brother, son, and sister moon, and like yeah. that, like we're not we're not like particularly unique as humans. Mm. Right. It's like we're brothers and sisters with every part of creation. Like there's as much of God in me as there is, like you were saying, in the tree or the blade of grass or the mountain or the sunset or like whatever. And I think that, like, we're sainted. That's, oh, we could go. With, yeah, that's yeah, that's interesting. That's a thing. That's um, thing. But I mean, that that like makes everything so much more beautiful mm-hmm. and like impressive and like awe inspiring. Kaylee, you've been quiet. I have been. I don't know. Like, <laughs> oh, my my views have got to changed a lot too over the years. Talk about it. So, gosh, I mean, when I was in high school and college, you know, that's. I don't know. Like it took. It fell apart, and then I had to re- put it re- back together. Like when I went to when I was a Bible major in college, and like. I had some really dark times of faith there. Like all of those theologians kind of were like whittling away at things. And I was like, what the hell do they know? Like they're just speculating, saying stuff about God that we don't know. So I don't know. We can say what we want to say about who we think God is, but how specifically has your view of God changed? Well, I was trying to th- I, I feel like that's really hard to put into words. Yeah. Because, like... Can you use, like, a few descriptors, like, a few adjectives to yeah, say... Yeah, I'm trying to think of that, and I, I don't know. I just remember... Okay, so if you do, like, the Myers-Briggs, mm-hmm. INFP, I'm a feeler, perceptor, so, like, a lot of my thoughts about how God is, is are based on what I feel mm-hmm. and how what I perceive in other people or what I perceive in myself... And sometimes those things are really accurate and sometimes they're really not. But um, I guess I've kind of come away from that all-knowing, like, evangelical viewpoint of God to kind of see where God is in other people Hmm. and other religions and other faiths. I have so many friends that are Jewish and their, their faith in God and their journey... I have a lot of friends that are Jewish that were Christians at one point and then converted to Judaism that were either born as as a Christian and converted to Judaism or be were Jewish and then became Christian and then converted back to Judaism. You can't tell me that God does not have a plan for the, for other people that in other faiths and other places. I I I can't tell me. I have so many friends that are so faithful, and I don't know. Has your God become more inclusive? Is that what I yeah, used to say? Yeah, I think that's what you're what you're hearing me say. I think my God was always inclusive, and then I went to college, and that got messed up. <laughs> because I went to a college... Because you were Lutheran, and then... Yeah, I went to a college... I went to a college that where, 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 where Jesus was a Republican, and nobody fucking told me that, that's what, that Jesus was a Republican. Like, that just didn't make sense yeah. to me. That view of, like... Mm-hmm. How how are we how are we serving the poor and the hungry and all of this other stuff? That's really what we're called to do. But hey, I have lots of money and that's okay. Mm. So you know. Yeah. No, we're, we're called good. to have a Christian Caesar. Okay. <laughs> I feel like that's what a lot of modern well, day Christians. Of people, that's 
think, like, but they don't. They would never say that. They don't no, think that, but that's what they're. I mean, I know they don't think that because they don't have the language to say that because they don't understand where that's coming from. Yeah, because they don't get the context of even that concept in the first place. But you know, like I don't know. It's just I got I got it really messed me up when I went to college. It really messed me up, and then you know I spent some time on my own and then I went to seminary and I spent a lot of time hating myself because I felt like I didn't follow where God wanted me to do and then I did my residency and that kind of brought some healing and Mm. you know thoughts because I wanted to be a missionary and I didn't do that and now I'm like okay so what what would that even look like what does that mean what does that look like and is it really just about telling everybody about God or is it really about serving the poor like what mm-hmm. Josh is doing right now even mm-hmm. in a way that makes more sense mm-hmm. so I, for me it's always been about who is God in the midst of the community in the midst of what I'm seeing in other people mm-hmm. and how I can help them understand where God is in their lives yeah that's really beautiful that's funny so you, are you finished sorry yeah, that's. I think I am. It's, that's funny. So that cause we, when you put it that way, I was like, part of the reason I do what I do is because God's not going to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, oh snap! Like, it, but you know, seriously, like, yeah. Um, is it because you think that God put us here to do it? Or no. I know. See, I know. I see. Yeah. I knew that that was yeah. going to be your answer. But it's interesting that in practice, you guys are coming up with a similar yeah. conclusion. Like, yeah. Which. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa, yeah. something that I have been thinking about recently is what, okay, let's let's um, take something like for for argument's sake, let's say that the Judeo-Christian God exists mm-hmm. and heaven exists and Christians are a real thing. Okay. Are or being you, the right ones you mean? Right, being the, the right correct or like, ones. Or like get into heaven because you're a Christian. So, do you get into heaven because you're a Christian based on what you believe, personally, or be, or based on what you do and how you live? Right. So, yeah. could there be atheists in heaven because, like, Joshua right. is living a Christ-like life yeah. and serving like Christ? Will that get him into heaven even though he doesn't individually, mm-hmm. like... Jesus would be like, sorry, asshole, it's like, I'm a fighter. <laughs> you know, but that's an interesting it's thing. Right? No, I totally agree. Because then once you start breaking it down, it's like, what makes you a Christian? Like, if yeah. you say, like, I'm a Christian because I'm saying this sinner's prayer that my youth leader told me to say, and it's like actually it's so even, different. Right. That, that Does that prayer, make you a that Christian? Prayer, that prayer is not even in the Bible. It's no. Nowhere. It's just something that we decided that we had to say in order for to, um. to cover our asses, basically. Yeah. And, and here's the, like... I, I don't, it's just a really difficult thing because, like, it depends on if you feel like you're saved by grace or if you're saved by faith or if you're saved by works. I mean, right, so what makes you a whole, Christian? I know, it does. Depends There's no answer. There's yeah. no answer. Everyone has a different answer. Yeah. Well, I think, too, like, where the crack started to form in my faith was about people not doing anything. Yeah, like, you know, talking a big game. Right. Then, I I said I said the sinner's prayer. I have my quiet time every day. Not even that. It was like passionate sermons about like what Christians should do. You know, it's always the same shit. Take in the stranger. You know, like be family to people who don't have it. It's stuff, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then you'd see the church and just be like, why do you have all this fucking money for? I want to share this with you guys. I think this will particularly boil 
uh, Joshua and Kayleen's blood a little bit, just based on what you all just said. <laughs> I've been in, I've been in, uh, and, and it really relates into what you were just saying, Eric, about um, workspace stuff. And I shared this uh, with with Brian in like some screenshots. <laughs> and uh, I actually, I gave a talk at Revolution a couple weeks ago, and I brought it up. I don't want to keep harping on it in every single podcast that I do, but I, but I'm still honestly kind of processing it. So I, I, I'm in this Instagram group chat. With these people, um, I'm not sure everyone's background story. There's like 10 people in there. But the two most vocal people in there are um, these, like, I guess, evangelical... uh, I think they're both pastors or, like, in ministry in some way. And um, I guess long story uh, short-ish, so this group is made. The guy who makes the group introduces everybody. He's like, hey, I I really thought the Lord led me to to put this group together. And I like this guy who, who made the group a lot, and he's... He has more evangelical views than I do for sure, but like he's a good friend. But he's like, yeah, I just wanted to create a, a space where everyone can talk because I know everyone here has different views. And so the first thing that somebody posts voluntarily is one of these uh, these ministry guys, and it's uh, a, a series of videos of this guy talking about how giving a homeless, thirsty person a glass of water without sharing the gospel, like without trying to lead them to Christ in that interaction is just sending to someone, someone to hell hydrated. He said, like, you're not doing them any oh, good by, you're not doing shit. them any good that's by giving total, them a glass of water. It's pointless. It is, it is wasted effort. Absolutely. Come on, how you feel about Wow. It's total bullshit. Because you cannot, no, that's just total oh. crap. It upset because, me very much. Because, that, like, yeah. if you, hello, people have basic needs that need to be met. Mm-hmm. And how Jesus. much, where is, where, I'm sorry, I don't See, even think Jesus needs to even be in no, that no. right now, because, yeah. Yeah. And, and even how, people piss me off so much yeah. when they do stuff like that, because, because it's putting a transaction on, transaction on the, on the, the, the interaction that you're having with that other person. Mm-hmm. It's capitalistic. It's capitalistic. It's very much so. Evangelism. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also which is like your heart's I, not in the right place at all. You're not even being like Jesus because yeah. you have an ulterior motive the whole time. The whole time, it's yeah. all selfish. It's no, it's not either. selfish. It's saving their soul. I don't want them to go to hell. Yeah. Well, yeah. what if there is no hell? Well, then, that, and someone someone emailed this to Revolution today. They said uh, if <laughs> they said if there is no hell, then Christ died in vain or something like that. Or like, then what is the point of faith? And what is the point of Christianity? And we talked about this like well, we talk about half the episodes we do. We talk about that. It's like if that is your motivator, yeah. Then what are you, what are you talking That's, about? So there's a great um, going back to the Franciscans. They've got there's like this great kind of like Richard Rohr. I think he didn't like come up with it, but he says it pretty concisely that um, Jesus didn't come and die to change God's mind about humanity. Jesus came and died to change humanity's mind about, about God, God yeah. which I think is it makes so much sense, and it and it's um, like we said earlier, good PR, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. but it's like rebrand God. Yep. Yeah, and it's uh, God's kind of a dick. What if he did it like this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I think I brought this up in a in a, another recent episode about how us living in a capitalist society has colored so much of how we interpret and make sense of religion, too. Oh, and how it it's transactional. becomes transactional and capitalistic. And it's like, there has to be something for something, return on an investment, some sort of, like, reward, but, some sort of benefit see, for you. The, that, but the kingdom of Praise God is... 
uh, has never been about transactions. No. That's not what it's about. It's about relationships. It's about building community. It's about taking care of each other, which sometimes sucks. Let's be honest. Community is hard. Community is messy. Yeah. Community mm-hmm. is a mess. I mean, if you look at the Acts 2 church, that was before all the shit hit the fan. Like, if everybody wants the Acts 2 church, that was when they were, like, in the honeymoon stage. Mm. Everybody was in love and everybody was good. And then then the real things, the real things hit the fan. The real marriage on. happened. It's when like, real marriage like happened. when people who went to Woodstock had to grow up. Right. And what? When people who went to Woodstock had to grow up. Oh, they had, had to pay all the back taxes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Back taxes. Stop doing their drugs and free sex. Our generation. Everyone's gonna get a college education and a mountain of debt. Hey, that's me. I'm never gonna pay off my debt. I don't know. Me too. But from my cold dead hand. Maybe the transactional concept of God is more like the Old Testament, like you know, this many sacrifices for that, this many Hail Marys for this much, you know, this many indulgences for forgiveness or whatever. Mary wasn't around the Old Testament. Oh, good point. Shit. <laughs> but you know, I, was, I, was, I was like not good. I was. But I mean, yeah. like, it's, it's holy. <laughs> I know, it's, but there's. I'm saying the modern the modern Christian transactional concept of God of a, of a quote unquote relation or not even relationship of an interaction with God <laughs> is more Old Testament, and yeah. then and then when you throw Jesus into the works, where it's all grace and love, then it's like, oh, sh- well, how do we reconcile? Well, I think also, that's that's 17 minutes behind. You know, and also the problem we have too is that we no longer have the luxury of having one voice for, for God. Mm-hmm. So ever yeah. since Luther, we bite, we kind of screwed ourselves. Because, yeah. totally. I mean, there were a lot of different voices in the early church, but they were generally silenced because they, you know, bowed to imperial authority and became, you know, became co-opted quite early. Yeah. yeah. So Christianity got subverted really early, you know, um, in its infancy within its first couple hundred years. Constantine, but anyway, Constantine yeah, is where but, shit hit the fan and everything. Yeah, I mean, there, there are still other, there. I mean, there's still the, you know, other, the Eastern Orthodox Church. And, They're pretty cool. And the, Which, uh, we should get, side note, we should get someone from the Eastern Orthodox I mean, tradition no. on to talk. Because that would be phenomenal. Who are the, what are the Egyptian, Egyptian Christians called? Coptic. Coptic, yeah. yeah. So there, the, those are two branches that survived that seem to not get too stuck into imperial power and nationalism. But even even with that being said, basically you have one mouthpiece for the church saying, this is what you're going to believe. Fucking do it. Um after Luther, <laughs> okay, sir. yeah, exactly, yeah, you know what I mean. So, but basically, that's what it was. So it was a lot easier to talk about God because it was a, it was a centralitarian source, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is the official version, you know. And yeah, it was propaganda, but that was it was easier to talk about it. Now, when you have what I'm doing is Christianity, what you know, even yeah. you know, I'm not a believer, but like anyone can yeah, claim it. So whatever what everyone says, it just is. You know, we're just making it up as we go along. The problem is we can just do it now. So, like, personal experience also became much more of a um, source of uh, doctrine, if you will. Even though a lot of churches, even though a lot of denominations will claim that that's not doctrine for them, it really is. It's just unspoken doctrine. Right. So, yeah, like how non-denominational is a denomination essentially? Exactly, yeah. or how. Well, are you talking well, about I'm, and I'm talking, salvation? I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like, like churches that uh, put so much emphasis on speaking in tongues and the Holy Spirit, right. and and that those, is, and those experiential practice, and those yeah. experiential 
meet, you know, ways of experiencing God and how those experiences actually have become specific doctrine about the way God is or mm. what you're supposed to do in order yeah. to become saved or become a Christian or whatever. There's nowhere in the Bible that it says that you have to speak in tongues in order to be saved. What? If you read First Corinthians 13, so if you read it in <laughs> context... If you read it, and, oh gosh, don't even get me started on that. But if you read First Corinthians thirteen, that's not what Paul's talking about. He's talking about well, being. That's too. No one could read the scriptures until I know like, exactly. Years ago, exactly. Very few people. That is true, and the you know back in the day, the mass was all in Latin before right. Vatican One. Mm-hmm. In some places, still is in Latin. Yeah, that's true too. There are so, certain sects of the Catholic Church that could have. Said Vatican II doesn't exist. I think that's interesting. Also, I see a parallel between masses in Latin and church services where all the scripture is King James, where it's mm-hmm. it is a it is a a dead dialect, whereas Latin was a dead language. But so you I mean you could argue that Italian is a dialect of Latin, or that Ro- that Romanian is a dialect of Latin. But you know, it isn't a dead. It is not in the colloquial, whereas Christ spoke. You know, in it, he spoke in Koine Greek, right? Aramaic. Did he Aramaic. speak in Aramaic? I thought that when he preached, yeah. sometimes he would speak he spoke in, in street Greek, it says, and street Greek okay. Aramaic. I know it was some sort of colloquial, so, vulgar when it, Anyway, language. not Latin. Not Latin. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Or King James. Yeah. Oh, I went to a King James church once. It was one of the most uncomfortable experiences of my entire life. <laughs> it was in Florida. That was sad. Oh, that, Florida. that adds oh, my the whole equation. God, it was... Were they here locally? Or back home. It was in Florida. Oh, okay. It was so Republican. Oh, wait. So fundamentalist. So idiotic. I, like, oh. Here's, this is a great example. So they had, like, it was also, they, like, also ran a school somehow. There was, like, dorms. On, like, on, it was, like, very weird. But so in the parking lot, they had basketball hoops. And on the backboard of one of the basketball hoops was like this paint. It was like... Jesus dunking? No, no. <laughs> it gets better. It was like a waving American flag with like a bald eagle soaring. Oh, right? No. So it was like very American patriotic. And it had a Bible verse on it. And it was the Bible verse in Matthew that says, Man cannot serve two masters. <gasps> on an image of the American flag with a bald eagle. Oh, well, okay, so it's the irony. Okay. What? Yeah, yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's America can't... and Jesus. Man cannot serve two masters. Yeah, right, right, right. America! Uh-huh. Like, I don't... I, like... Yeah. Ha- like... Well, then they're... If, what? if they realize what? where the potential what? irony is, then they have to be implying that Christ and America have the exact same agenda. And they're the same yeah. master. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's... Oh. <laughs> yeah. We're getting a little testy. Oof! It was like... Oh, my testy. Nothing. Oh, boy. Josh is the new Caleb. <laughs> I've been jo- trying and, to change my Josh doesn't and listen Josh. to a thing I say, so. <laughs> You're all screwed. Um, I share your frustrations with that, Eric. Um, I mean, it's. Because, I mean, every country does that. Yeah. You know. But then it was also the King James, like, King James only. Mm. Like, because that is. I've been to a lot of churches where it's just King James. It just seems weird too. It's startling. You realize he was English, right? Well, and and it was like because an American flag in the back. Because (laughs) King James was the only real pure translation, so it's the only and and so. Any fucking sense? 
I don't care. It's my ex-father-in-law whose church I went to. And I was talking to him, and I was like, you realize that... New word for you, father outlaw. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Nice. I like Um, it. I was talking to him, I was like, you realize that it's not like a pure translation because King James, everywhere in the New Testament where there's someone named James, he changed that name to be James to be, like, for himself. Like, James in the New Testament... His actual name was Jacob. But King James, when he translated, he wanted to have a character named after him, so he had them change that to James. And my father outlaw was like, oh, well, well, I'm going to have to talk to my pastor about that. And I was like, yeah, because no, King James is... Uh, yeah. I was like, it's I mean, bullshit. I didn't use this language, but I was like, King James version is fucked up. We took out all mentions of uh, challenges to authority. And that the authorities were ordained by God. Right, because he was the king. He wanted subservience. What I think is funny was when people say that people cherry-pick the Bible. It's like, yeah, damn, Skippy, we all do. Right. Yeah. Every, every single human being, like every denomination, we all, we all, like... The New Testament pick, cherry-picks the Old Testament. Well, right, but then people, reference to... people will look at me and be like, oh, well, you cherry-picked these verses to be inclusive of, like, queer people. And I'm like, well, first of all, I don't think I cherry-picked, but... Maybe if you say I look at these verses, but then I'm like, well, then you cherry pick at verses out of context to say why you're, you know, not for like gay marriage or for queer people or, you know, for women in ministry or not. And I said, people have been doing that since the inception of the scriptures and people are going to be doing that the rest of their life. So when people say, well, you shouldn't cherry pick scripture, I don't know if there's a denomination that doesn't cherry pick scripture or well, Christians course. who don't it's really hard cherry pick scripture because you can't because we're it's human beings we, what are you going to preach out the that. entire text every single time that you give us a right so I don't know even by saying okay flip to chapter 3 you, you're cherry picking you know what I mean right because now you're not you don't have the context of chapter yeah, 1 and 2 exactly and you're not looking at the original language you're not from right. that culture you don't have the history like mm-hmm. there's no way for us to get into of course the context so right? then should we actually preach from the scripture no. Ooh. Let's write our own. Kayleen's scared. Let's oh, write our own scripture. This, 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 <laughs> whole, this, this just took a whole weird Well, and then, I mean, you know, this isn't a <laughs> Now we're a cult. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Woo. Oh, no, but. You guys are not. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Y2K. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you're late on that also. You're like 19 years too late. Yeah. Right? I know. I was going to say, I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, this is your idea. Yeah. Y2K. We could wrap up. Soon, but a, I mean, I think and, I think oh. we could talk. I had not talk it. Tack. We could talk. We could talk ad nauseum about like God. Maybe we can bring it up again, obviously too. Um, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, I'm getting tired. I don't know about you guys. I have to get up at three thirty in the morning. Um, let's do. That's clean that up. Eric puked in the corner. No, don't clean it up. He puked at, at, on the globe. And he's slurping it through a straw. Oh, sick. oh, wow. Why did you um, go there? So, but no, that's mine. I had one up Josh. This is just off the rails. Let's do recommendations and um, then we'll leave. Then we'll be leaving. Then you'll get the hell out of my house. I can start if no one else has yeah, you thought about stuff. So two... Um, that I recommend. One is a podcast I stumbled into. It was really good. Um, it's called Passenger List. So look it up on iTunes. Um, I love podcasts that are like story based. I mean, there's some that are like cool, cool that I like that are true, true, true crime. 
but this one is based it's um, a flight that's coming from America flight 702 to from New York City to London but it never gets there and the main act the main character in the store her twin brother was on the plane and everyone on the plane dies and it's gone the plane goes down and so the podcast is about her interviewing people who had other loved ones or people on the plane and every episode is like a cliffhanger and the first four episodes that I've it's come out a couple of weeks ago but it's super good super gripping is it um, a dramatization? yeah it's a so, I mean, it's totally like, fictitious. It's just like a story, oh, but it's like just, a radio so drama. So it's fake crimes. Yeah, it's true crime. Well, not it's not even a crime, but it's more of like a story, oh, no, like a dramatized mm. story. Cool. So did this plane thing actually? No, it's just it's just a story, but you know, it actually sounds like it's real because of all the time and effort they put into it. Cool. So I, it's called Passenger List. The other thing I'm so excited for this season to drop tomorrow it is. Literally my ultimate favorite show on Netflix is uh, Peaky Blinders. Season 5 is coming out tomorrow morning. Um, It came out on BBC last month, but now it's dropping on Netflix. And if you... Anybody know what Peaky Blinders is? Do you want to explain it? You know what Peaky Blinders is? Well, I mean, I can't answer for all the listeners. Peaky Blinders is uh, an amazing show. It's actually based off of a real game that existed in Birmingham, England... They wore the duck bill caps, like I have a duck bill cap, and in between the duck bill caps, they would put razors, um, and that's how they would fight. And they would like use their hat and slash, slash, your eyes. like slash them. But they were a real gang. And if anybody knows me, I love like history. I love like my favorite American history part is like prohibition and that stuff and gangsters, and that's like their equivalent. But it's really good. Like one of my favorite actress, uh, Cecilia Murphy's in it. Yeah, as great, as um, the main guy. Um, it's just really it's it's gritty. It's it's a historical drama. Um, start up season one and go. You will not be disappointed. It's very it's seriously in my opinion probably the best Netflix drama and show out there. So Peaky Blinders, watch it. Killing you? I don't have one yet. Um. Well, Jane the Virgin. I know it's just done. We're done. No, I've been watching NCIS, which has one of the main characters who was supposed to have died is still is alive, and it's kind of been interesting. Spoiler, spoiler alert! I know. I'm not going to tell you who it is. That's but you almost you you told us the whole show already. Is it the president? Is it Mr. President? You're supposed to be dead. Viva! She's still alive. Stop! Now you just ruined it. Oh, you don't even care. God, I'm not going to watch. My mom does. What she listens to this? Does well, she really? Oh, my mom loves NCIS. She's, she's, she's probably Does your mom know it. she listens to this? You should put a mom warning on this. Oh, shoot. It, it, we, have, we put explicit on every episode. So yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. We say a lot of the F words. So it's been interesting to see, like... Frogs, how they Lots of them. I didn't Thank you all for sorts that. Um, it's been interesting to see Faith, family, how a show fellowship. that's been on the air for so long is dealing with the history of the character who was supposed to have died like years ago. Interesting. So oh. kind of like Grey's Anatomy. No. Okay, I hate that show. Not like Grey's Anatomy at all. Actually, <laughs> I don't know Grey's Anatomy. It's a, co- it's, a per- it's a procedural cop show. So like, but Grey's Anatomy like does do. What are we talking about? <laughs> why, are we, why did we get here? Why, why 
Why are we talking about this? Why did you bring up Grey's Anatomy? Why did you bring up Grey's Anatomy? No, I was explaining. I if you like this show, you'll like this. I didn't say anything about Grey's Anatomy. How did we get here? I didn't say anything about Grey's Anatomy. Why am I here? Anyway. I have not watched Grey's Anatomy the first yeah, yes, I know. I think you like Grey's Anatomy. I do watch Grey's Anatomy, but oh, I haven't watched it. I need to get back on Hulu. You need to watch horror anyway. stuff, Sorry. Josh. Uh, Sorry, I'm too mainstream for you guys. How do we get here? I recommend cheese and flossing. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I'm too mainstream for the rest flossing, of you. Flossing, like the, the dance that all the kids are doing these days? Or actual dental hygiene? You're welcome. I love that I will be like, I always say like podcasts. Or movies, Kayleen is like, I don't know, TV shows. And Josh is always like, why don't you floss? <laughs> I recommend flossing. I, helpful I recommend the most random thing that I can think of. Right I'm gonna now. say I recommend pooping once a once a day. Mm. That's always a helpful thing. Yeah, I'm gonna have to cut back then. Yeah. yeah. Cut back then. If you're pooping that much, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, my, my child is trying to go to bed. If you poop six or seven times in a day, there's something wrong with your colon. Okay, well, how do we go from one to six or seven? I did not say that. Oh, Define a single set. You know, if you get up and you come back, it's the same. Oh, my God. Okay, oh. my recommendation. Wow. Here's my recommendation. It is for... My recommendation is for anyone who is married, has been married... Will be married. Is Yeah, will be married, or is close to someone who's married. Okay. Cool. That's a lot of people. Yeah, it's a book by Esther Perel called "The State of Affairs," and it's super insightful, very informative, very interesting. So highly recommended. And Esther Perel is a psychotherapist who has been doing primarily like couples, marriage, sex therapy. Mm-hmm. And she's fluent in like nine languages and does therapy, has done therapy in like a bunch of different countries wow. and is like a, doing therapy in other countries. She's like a freaking genius. She's a deep, deep well of relational wisdom. Cool. So highly recommended. Fantastic. I'll check it out. Uh, I have two recommendations. The first one is a podcast called Twisting the Wind with Johnny Pemberton. It's really good. Uh, it's really silly and. It's a good time. It's pretty absurd. So honestly, if you listen to it for like five minutes or so, you'll know if, if, you, if you're going to like it or not. But if you do like it and it clicks, then you'll have a good time. The second recommendation is Tickling Brian. Coochie Coo. <laughs> this is not a recommendation. <laughs> it sounds like it. My hey, turn. Tickle. <laughs> you try it? Tickle fast. We all need to go We're going to tickle right, Josh. like Thanos. We're out. Wow. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Thanks for being part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, find us on social media at sacred underscore MN.